is up, Marks? Welcome back to the Ringmasters podcast, the penultimate episode of this season, uh, or aka this semester of Ringmasters. We have one more next week, but this is the second to last one. We'll be recapping TLC, Raw, SmackDown. I am joined, as always, by my esteemed colleague, Jameson Galloway. Jameson, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for the great introduction, Grant. Uh, these podcasts are fun after eight hours of, of wrestling this last couple of days, few days, so... Man, I'm excited I mean, to talk about it. I'm so excited because we had a lot of good wrestling yeah. the past couple of days. There was a really, really good, solid pay-per-view that we're going to get into. And then we had a fairly productive week of wrestling, too. And I was really happy with a lot of it, especially SmackDown. I'm really excited to talk about that. And by talk, I mean rant endlessly. <laughs> and uh, so let's go over TLC first of all, though. Big pay-per-view, SmackDown exclusive this Sunday. Um, you want to, did you watch the kickoff match? I did not watch the kickoff match, no. All right, moving on. That's, 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 that's about, okay. Uh, Chad Gable got the win for his uh, team with a grand amplitude on Simon Gotch because Simon Gotch has heat backstage. So Really? Did you hear about any of that? No. Yeah. Fill he, us in. He apparently got into a scuffle with Sin Cara. Well, who isn't Sin Cara getting in scuffles with? <laughs> I don't know, man. Apparently, Jeez. Yeah, he and Jericho got in. I don't know, man. But apparently he has some heat backstage, which is why the VOD villains were called up and now lose endlessly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You could sort of tell that that wasn't really going to go anywhere with Vod Villains. Yeah, and it's really disappointing. When they debuted in NXT, it was a fun gimmick. Like, it was a really, like, they made a silent, an, uh, like, an old, old-timey old short movie about the Lucha Dragons when they were feuding with them. It was really funny, and it was comical, but they just really didn't do anything with them, and I think the real-life situation may have had something to do with that. I, I think there's a lot of gimmicks that work really well for NXT, and then once they're brought up to the main roster, they just don't go over well with the crowd, really. Do you, you see what I mean? I think uh, Von Millens is a, is a main example of that. I almost think Bailey, in a sort of way, her gimmick isn't quite main roster yet. I know you're, you you love Bailey, but I, I feel like there's a lot of gimmicks that work really well in NXT, and then once they get brought up to the main roster, it just doesn't go well. Yeah. So, to be fair, they haven't really... You haven't seen the Bailey that NXT fans have seen of Bailey. So for you to say that is completely fair, being not watching NXT because right. she hasn't been utilized to her potential. And I, why is that? You think? I really don't know. I mean, it's because there's so much money in Sasha and Charlotte. Obviously, you know, we never get. You know, no matter how tired the booking may get, the matchups are always. They always feel fresh because they always do something different. There's always a ton of risk, uh, a lot of really good storytelling, a lot of athleticism. Uh, but I really just think they called her up without too much of a plan or they called her up and then decided that Sasha and Charlotte were going to essentially run the women's division. They were the only two really stars on the, on raw essentially that are actually in the title picture right now. So I'm really not sure. I also think NXT will give wrestlers the time they need because they're developing them and the main roster, you know, three hours of television can be kind of counterproductive. You know, you, you leave someone out there with not enough material or you, you don't give people enough reasons to like them right away, you can sort of beat people down with it, I think. No, yeah, I agree. That's, uh, yeah, the more and more television there is, like I said this week was eight hours, um, you can get worn out as a fan, and that's probably got something to do with it, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, okay, anyway, <laughs> moving on <laughs> from the TLC kickoff match. <laughs> All right, I took us in a, in a, a left turn there. Now, that needed to be addressed, though, because it's not just a situation where people who watch NXT will say, NXT is just the better show. It's for a different kind of fan, Yeah. and there's more attention paid to it because they actually have to build people and develop them. And on the main roster, the goal is sometimes to fill time. Yeah. 
and it's made for a very, very specific type of superstar. Not to say that that's good or bad, but, you know, everyone will criticize someone if they're not the rock on the microphone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they're, you know, if right. they don't have Lita's personality or, or something, you know, so there's, I don't know, there's an interesting, interesting skill set that that's required. And there's also just the way that they're used. So yeah, that needed to be addressed though, especially as, cause we talk about NXT so much. We do. By we, I mean, mostly me, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. So coming up next, we have the SmackDown tag team championship match. Uh, between the new Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, and Heath Slater and the Man Beast Rhino, uh, this was over in about five minutes. Yeah, did this surprise you? A little bit with how uh, quick this match was, but it makes a lot of sense to put the titles on the uh, the new Wyatt family. With Luke Harper seems to be in sync with these guys now. I mean, do you see anybody? I don't see anybody really contending for these titles for a while. They're they're pretty. Uh, the Wyatt family's doing some damage here i feel like finally this is bray wyatt's first ever title believe it or not it's a good fact right there yeah isn't that shocking it is not even just the fact that he was you know in their developmental program or that he was husky harris like he's been bray wyatt on the main roster for years and he's just lost every time and beyond like the whole quote-unquote snake charmer if you want to call it that or the cult or any of their ramblings or any of Bray Wyatt's promos about someone being hunted or, or whatever he was talking about there. Uh, this is such a pragmatic decision. It's two guys who are sort of got caught up in the shuffle because Randy Orton returned and got his head busted in by Lesnar. Wyatt really didn't have anything going for him. So it was two guys who played on other strengths and come back and be a better version of the Wyatt family. So I beyond the actual storytelling, like it makes so much sense to put these two together. It does. I I completely agree. These two, and you you hit it on the nose. They were they were stuck in the middle. They weren't doing a whole lot with Randy Orton, uh, and not a whole lot with Wyatt. But it just makes a lot of sense. It, it we I think a lot of people were skeptical at first, seeing Randy Orton just all of a sudden jump ship and go over to the Wyatt family when they were feuding. But uh, they're gonna. I think they're gonna hold these titles for a while. I don't see anybody contending with them anytime soon. Yeah, I was ready for the finish to this to turn into some hot garbage. <laughs> like I was ready for Randy Orton to turn around RKO Wyatt and Harper and just, you know, turn face or, or whatever that would have been. I don't even know. I fell yeah. asleep during his segments on SmackDown. So uh, anyway, uh, this was so good. And Randy Orton power sliding in to hit that RKO was awesome. Yes. And he looked great, too, because uh, Randy Orton, we haven't seen him wrestle a whole lot lately, but he looked awesome. And Bray Wyatt looked pretty good. Uh, Slater and Rhino were okay. But, I mean, I think if you want to create these top heels for the division and you don't want to pull the trigger on the Usos or American Alpha yet for some reason, uh, then I feel like these guys can definitely carry that standard. Yeah, yeah, no, they definitely can. And uh, I feel like Randy Orton is enjoying this. He seems like he's having fun out there. And you wouldn't think at, at first he would really like being, you know, kind of Bray Wyatt's sidekick in a way. But he's he's thriving in the role so far. Yeah. And I am actually excited to see where this goes. Not excited as in I hope they don't ruin it excited, but actually genuine, you know, enthusiasm for what they do with these guys. And with the SmackDown tag team titles, because those are always fun and tag team wrestling is the greatest as evidenced by... NXT TakeOver Toronto. Did you watch that match yet? I have not watched the match yet. I, Christmas break. It's on my list for Christmas break. We're, I'm going to get through finals here, and then I'll watch I'll watch 
the NXT event in Toronto. Yeah. I will. Don't worry. All right. I'll, <laughs> stop, I'll stop harping on you for it. All I'm right. sorry. All right. So coming up next, uh, no DQ match between Nikki Bella and Carmella. Um, this was this was okay. Uh, not a whole lot notable except the fire like, extinguisher. Yeah, fire extinguisher. The crowd pop for that. Yep. Okay, Kim. I don't mean to spend too much time on the first three matches of the show, but can we talk about uh, something about the crowd in this? And I don't think it, it's wise to indict crowds for the quality of shows to blame the crowd if they're not getting hype or if they're getting hype in the wrong way and just doing these sort of self-absorbed chants. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to blame them for that because, you know, if it's been a bad three-hour Raw and you just don't feel like being there, that's, you know, not your fault. But this crowd was dead all night. They popped for the RKO and they were cheering for The Miz and a few other things scattered throughout, but they just didn't seem interested in wrestling. Yeah. I have no idea what it was. And I, I didn't, I mean, I know what you're coming from there, and I got more of that vibe on uh, Raw. Really? The, the crowd on Raw, I felt like, was really dead. Um, and SmackDown, too, a little bit. I feel like just the the crowd in general, they were in Texas for all three events, correct? Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Something to do with maybe the Texas crowd wasn't exactly in it. But um, I didn't exactly think about it during TLC, but during Raw, I definitely thought, man, this crowd is kind of kind of lame. But the crowd has a, a lot to do with the show, more than people think. If you have a dead crowd, you can be doing something spectacular, and it's not going to seem as cool because the crowd's not into it. The crowd, the crowd plays a big role at these uh, WWE events. So if you're if you're buying a ticket to an event, make sure you're loud. Boo, boo the people you don't like, and cheer the people you do like. Just make your voice heard. I feel like. Yeah, like oh my goodness, like if I'm at a live event or at anything, at any any show I've ever been to, you know, I'm just gonna be shouting. Yeah, because you know that's what you that's that's part of the benefit of wrestling, is that you don't have to be courteous when someone and there's a critical moment going on. There's not uh, there's not necessarily team specific chance. You can basically do whatever, but you know just enjoy the show and be part of it. And uh, yeah, I mean I hate to tell other people how to enjoy the wrestling experience, but man, like. It, it just didn't make sense to me, and especially because it wasn't a bad show. Like, I, no. I understand, okay, the kickoff match, you know, it wasn't exactly hype in the words of Mojo Rawley, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not sure. But, anyway, moving on from that, um, and then we have the reveal that uh, it was actually Natalia that attacked Nikki Bella and not Carmella, which I almost forgot until <laughs> just now that that had happened. Yeah, I guess I guess it makes sense. They were in Toronto, so Natalia wants to be a part of the match, and she's you know she's been a heel for a little bit now, or I guess she's trying to be a heel. So uh, yeah, I guess that was that was interesting to hear. <laughs> but it, like you said, not really. Was, I mean, like you said, <laughs> no, it was wasn't. almost uh, forgot about it. Yeah, that was completely forgettable. So I, if they're building up Nikki Bella for something at the Rumble, which you know they are, try to make it more interesting than that. I mean. It feels like they came up with that today. <laughs> Not today, but Sunday. You never know. They could have. They probably did. Yeah. Probably came up with that on the spot. I don't know. You're, like, you hear stories about the show being rewritten an hour beforehand. I mean, th- okay, for this week's SmackDown, it had to be rewritten because Styles was in the boot. He, you know, he's going to be hurt for a week, you know, which makes sense, uh, you know, and, and also real life, you know, those are dangerous matches. Yeah. And he, you know, just worked his tail off, and we'll talk about that in a minute, too. But sometimes you have to rewrite the show. Sometimes it just helps to be prepared. You know what I mean? But anyway, coming up next, really good ladder match for the IC title uh, between The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. 
um, after some leg work. Um, then the Miz got his knee blown out when he fell. Um, and then it all came down to it. And the Miz hit two consecutive low blows to knock Ziggler off the ladder and pull down the IC title and win the match. Did you get the picture I sent you of this? Uh, oh, yeah. Loser, loser, loser. <laughs> I did get that. It was the uh, the closed captioning of the Miz calling everybody a loser yeah. while Ziggler was lying in pain on the ground. So it's a summation of 2016 Dolph Ziggler. This was a this was a great match. I love. I mean, these guys have been putting on a great show for it seems like a few months now. But I, this was just a great ladder match, and I didn't know how Ambrose and Styles were going to be able to follow this match, but they did. They did follow it in spectacular fashion. Just a great great retain from from Miz. It makes sense to keep that on him. And uh, man, I could I, I honestly could keep watching these guys wrestle each other. To be honest, which is so strange to say. Yeah. Because we always get to the point where, ah, you know, I'm sort of sick of this. And then they blow the roof off the place again. And it's just, it's, it's shocking, honestly. It's an, it's an anomaly. You and usually don't have that. I think I think Miz deserves a lot of credit. This is a guy that's been in the business for a long time now. I mean, he started out with Morrison and a tag team. And really, you know, everybody else that started with him has kind of, you know, fell apart. They're not even in the company anymore. The guys that were in his role. And he's just flourished. He's getting better and better. And I think he's... He's in his prime right now. I know he had a, a WrestleMania match for the WWE Championship, but he's he's doing his best work right now, in my opinion. Oh, completely. Like, if you watch that WrestleMania match, I th- it was one of the worst ever because The Rock came in and decided the winner, and it was all to set up the next year's WrestleMania, so he was marginalized even then. And, it, and he got a concussion, too, during that. So it, it finally feels like in 2016, with Maurice, with the Spirit Squad on a part-time basis, with his participation awards... And his heat and his promos and his in-ring skills, it feels like we've finally gotten the best ever version of The Miz. Like, this is the greatest incarnation of this character. And I want him to be the IC champ forever until someone else comes along and can equal that level of entertainment. But I don't even know if that's in the scope of possibility right now. (laughs) I'm not sure either. I do. I wish we could see... The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. I want to see that match. Don't you like Daniel Bryan come in for one last match yeah. at WrestleMania? I'm sure he could do it without like paralyzing himself. I real I think he would be all right. You know that could happen. You know they they seem to always be setting it up. Miz is always doing the the mocking the yes chant, and you and never he did, know. He did Daniel Bryan's knee strike. Yep. He does Daniel Bryan's <laughs> drop kicks. Like he he did his modified the surfboard. Um, like he started using these moves disingenuously. And even though he's so hateable, the crowd keeps chanting Miz because he's so entertaining about it. And this set up a great sequel to Talking Smack, where they did another fantastic promo where Daniel Bryan admits that he never liked The Miz and didn't want to see him win. And The Miz tells Daniel Bryan how much harder he works than him and how he has everything he ever wanted and how Daniel Bryan doesn't really have anything. It's a really, it's, it was one of those perfect scenarios where The Miz as a heel was completely right, but he was such a jerk that you hated him. Yeah. So it was really just fantastic stuff. Have you seen The Miz's House, by the way? It was on the last episode of Total Divas. Uh, I yeah, I, I did actually. He lives in a in a mansion in like Hollywood. It's like a it's a spectacular house. If that is, I think it is actually his real house. Yeah. And I was just shocked to see that. He's I'm obviously made a lot of money over the last decade in this company, but my goodness, that house is incredible. Looks like it's almost close to John Cena's house. Yeah, without uh, the uh, obsessive attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure if you spilled something in the Miz's house, he wouldn't freak out. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, that's that was Total Divas is also going on. So yeah, it is. Yeah, we're, it should be an exciting episode tonight. Uh, this is Wednesday, so tonight 
Uh, apparently, they're addressing the page stuff, which is yeah. a whole can of worms. We get to see the start of the page demise of her just uh, forgetting about her career and falling in love with Alberto Del Rio, which yeah. is, I don't think, a great career move at this point, but I guess we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, that was that was uh, really just universally, everyone just kind of sighed like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> but apparently, they're in love, and I don't want to talk dismissively about that because that appears to be genuine, but... Man, did that lead to some bad stuff? Just yeah, snowballed. Bad crazy. stuff is a good way to good way to put that. <sighs> yeah, and I don't even know what's gonna happen with Paige right now. I know she has, uh, you know, she needed surgery, but I really just don't know how she's going to get back into programming. So I don't know. All right, anyway, let's keep moving. All right, so uh, there was a chairs match, um, my least favorite type of TLC match ever. Uh, most boring usually Baron Corbin and Kalisto I was pleasantly surprised because this was awesome it wasn't great it, it, it wasn't a, a well wrestled you know attention to psychological detail you know chess match but it was a lot of fun and it was the best version of these two that I think we're going to get yeah I, I enjoyed the match there were some cool cool uh, um, spots with the chairs in the middle of the ring and, and uh, you know Baron Corbin just keeps, you know, kind of destroying Kalisto every chance he gets. <laughs> we saw that again on SmackDown. So I don't know where this, if they're going to continue this or not, but I'd like to see Baron Corbin in, uh, you know, maybe some some big matches, some matches that uh, kind of mean something, you know? Yeah, and I think this match worked because Baron Corbin is good, and I liked him down in NXT, but he's not dynamic in any sense of that word. Like, his, his promos are always kind of on a, you know, just very, you know, he's very talking, very very talking he's very monotone a little bit uh just sort of this normal inside voice and he doesn't move a whole lot because he has to play this big implacable man and the best part about their dynamic is that Kalisto's offense is a hundred percent throwing himself at you and Baron Corbin's best offense is a hundred percent catching you and slamming you under the ground in some way and I think I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit I think that uh that 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 is what makes uh, Baron Corbin a dynamic I guess he's just a big dude uh, a former boxer and, and football player and football player. I think this is a guy that uh, has that it ability. I don't know. The, just after the first time I even saw Baron Corbin, I feel like this is a guy that could do something big in the company if they're if he's put in the right direction. So yeah, maybe his his talking isn't you know isn't the rock as we we said <laughs> earlier. But I feel like this that would guy be strange, wouldn't it? It would be. I feel like this guy could. Uh, he he. I, I feel like he gets a, maybe a bad rap from some people, but I can see him doing something big in the future. Yeah, and I mean, long matches like this, giving him lots of exposure, are the only way we're gonna, we're gonna know for sure. So, yeah, I'm all for him feuding with someone completely different now and not ruining an entire cruiserweight division by leaving them on Raw. <laughs> you horrible man, deprived SmackDown Live of the cruiserweights. I'll never forgive that. Anyway, coming up next, we have a tables match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss uh, defeated Becky Lynch. I thought this was a good match. It was a little slow in some parts, but the ending was awesome. Alexa Bliss powerbombing Becky Lynch from the apron to the floor through a table for the championship and is now the champion. Yeah, I loved it. I, I predicted Alexa Bliss winning, so yeah. I was I was happy to see that. And, yeah, I think Alexa Bliss continues to get better and better. I say it every week, and it makes sense. She didn't have to pin Becky to beat her. She puts her through a table, and um, everyone's happy. Bliss, I think Bliss is a good champion. She, she'll, uh, I don't know how long she'll keep it. I'll probably go back to Becky before we know it, but she's good. She's good in ring. She's good on mic. 
she she deserves to have the belt right now, I think. Yeah, and I, I like the dynamic that they're creating between her and Becky Lynch because Becky Lynch is, you know, she's passionate and genuine and hardworking and everything that a good babyface should be. And Alexa Bliss is getting better, and it's to the point now where her skill is undeniable. You know she is championship caliber, but she will still rake the eyes to cheat if she has to. Yeah. It's sort of like The Miz is doing, and it's what Ric Flair did, where it's not one of those situations where he's like Seth Rollins last year where he has to cheat or he's not going to win. It's like she could probably win fair and square, but she doesn't have the confidence, and she will cheat because she knows she can get away with it. Yeah, so she's that, a- that's that's how a heel should be booked right there. Oh, yeah, she's the, the perfect example of a heel. She... She knows what she's doing. She knows how to play a heel, and she's doing a great job. Yeah, and uh, mic work is definitely coming along. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too, talk about SmackDown. But, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy with that. So, And last was, not surprisingly, the match of the night. This was excellent. This was a TLC match for the WWE Championship between AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Uh, Ambrose looked like he was going to have the match won, but, surprise, surprise, to absolutely no one except for Dean Ambrose himself. James Ellsworth comes out, pushes over the ladder, puts Ambrose through a pair of tables, and Styles was able to ascend, grab his championship, and celebrated independent of Ellsworth, who also was pretty happy now because he apparently has AJ Styles' number and can totally beat him in right. a straight-up match. This match was unbelievable. I, this is one of the better matches I've seen in a long time. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. Some of the spots these guys did, from, from Ambrose putting the ladder onto the announce table, jumping off of that, uh, what the springboard front flip onto yeah, Ambrose. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's just... That, I, I had to rewind that. I called my buddies in who don't even watch wrestling to, to show them that. That was incredible. Uh, we, had a, we had a pants split in the middle of the whole thing. It, this match had everything. I, I loved it. And then, of course, I'm sure... I was thinking of you when uh, Ellsworth come out. You're probably pretty upset that Ellsworth <laughs> had to ruin the match, but... Okay, this might surprise you, but they are finally doing the right thing with Ellsworth, and it looks like they're beginning to move him off programming, or at least move him out of the championship picture, as backwards as that sounds, because he has an opportunity coming up. But they turn him heel because people are ready to hate him because they're sick of him, because they've overexposed him, and but they know it. They're, they're aware of what they've done, and even though this had a somewhat screwy finish, you know, a lot of shenanigans going on outside of this greatly wrestled match, they're at least recognizing the fact that he's completely over his head and is now delusional about it. And AJ Styles is going to beat the tar out of him. And Ambrose is either going to help or he's not going to save him. So I really liked that they sort of took this to its conclusion. And uh, I don't know, it sort of made more sense to me than I thought it would. So and I would have loved to have seen a clean finish, but I'm glad they at least addressed Ellsworth. Because if Ellsworth hadn't come out at all, it also would have seemed strange just because we're yeah. expecting it. Right, yeah, he so. it, it did make sense. and. Uh, Dean took a long fall off of that ladder oh onto the goodness. tables. That that didn't look fun. A lot of this stuff in this match is something I wouldn't sign up for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I want to... It's putting it mildly yeah, right there. I'd take a moment just to think about the year that AJ Styles has had. He, he debuts uh, at the Royal Rumble in January and just puts on four to five-star matches every single time he's out there, night after night. Every match he's been great. He he even made Roman Reigns look good. He got a month and a half of watchable television out of Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's it was glorious. That's incredible. And um and then he's gonna finish the year as the WWE World Champ. So, what a, what a year for AJ Styles in his debut of WWE. Yeah, and you hear different stories about what plans they had or didn't have for him, but they couldn't have predicted that he would be as good as he was. And the great thing is that when he comes to WWE, the style is different 
so a lot of people have trouble adapting to it and it's not a knock against them or the style or anything it's just you know different performers fit in different areas and he was able to be exactly who the fans wanted him to be and then he turned heel and he was able to be a good heel while still wrestling really exciting matches and now he's going to or at least he should go into the royal rumble as the champion one year after he debuted that's yeah. so perfect. What a year, man. You couldn't have asked for a better year for AJ Styles. No, fantastic stuff all around. So, love the guy. And uh, sorry his leg got hurt. I was trying to or did I was trying to uh, think of and I'm pretty sure that was that was non-storyline. Yeah. Uh pretty but <laughs> I like I was trying to think of what spot he would have hurt his leg in. I was like almost all of them yeah, probably, probably had all potential for that. So, man, what good stuff though. So, anyway, let's get to Raw. Okay. Uh, the next night, um, I was waiting for the for them to deal with the fallout of this pay per view before I realized that that was on next week's ne- the next night's show. That was so yeah. weird to me. I don't know why. I was just expecting them to talk about it more, <laughs> but they didn't. Seth Rollins came out. I was like, what? But anyway, and Seth Rollins came out and finally mentioned Triple H. I was happy to hear that, even if it's just out of the blue. I'm. We're all wondering the same thing. Where is Triple H? Like, Seth Rollins should be. Uh, mad at Triple H. He handed the title over to Owens. I want to see Triple H. I want to see this feud, which we're probably going to see at the Rumble, I would assume. But or WrestleMania. Or WrestleMania. But uh, I was I was happy to hear that Seth Rollins talking about Triple H. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was happy that they at least addressed that. And Seth is at least trying to be a babyface right now that he can be because people love Seth, but he's not a strong babyface character yet even though he's a good wrestler he's a great wrestler a great worker and the fans are ready to get behind him and they you know they're cheering him louder and louder every night and um but they're finally starting to address this hey i i know how this show works and who runs it and this is why i'm going to do what i'm going to do so it, it at least made a little bit of sense so i appreciate the characters paying attention to that and then Owens coming out, and Owens seems to be getting better because there was a while where he looked pretty weak against Rollins for, what was it, two pay-per-views and a match on Raw and everything. And now he's more confident on the mic. His matches have been getting even better than they were. His match with Sami Zayn tonight was awesome. And I was just really happy with this opening segment. Like, it made a lot of sense to me outside of the Roman Reigns stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, and we got to see Big Show. Eventually, yeah, so that he looks was good. Yeah, he lost a lot of weight, and uh, <laughs> that plan backfired on Owens. And uh, yeah, it was I was it was good to see Big Show. I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah, and it's good to see a heel get his comeuppance for the right reason. It wasn't just like, oh, you showed up on Raw and you have friends and a belt, so we're just gonna make you look like an idiot. It was him clearly trying to weasel his way out of, out of a situation and getting his punishment for that. So at least it made sense. So, Raw's been getting better in that regard. So, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, there was a while there where it didn't make sense at all. But <laughs> Just just a, just a little while there. <laughs> but just, just a couple of weeks. But no. Anyway, uh, we have a cruiserweight match. Um, Jack Gallagher versus Arya Davari. Uh, Gallagher is awesome. Yeah, I, liked, uh, I actually liked it. I don't really get into the cruiserweights too much, but... Yeah, he's got a good gimmick. Uh, they showed it was an effective promo before the match. It got a you know showed what he was like, where he came from, and what he's all about. So it actually made me want to watch the match. And yeah, he's good. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's great. And once they start letting him wrestle like he wrestled in the cruiserweight classic, they're gonna have a champion on their hands. It's awesome. The guy is so great. He's so innovative. He has this endless clown car bag of tricks. It's just there's he has so much to him that you just don't expect. He reminds me a lot of Daniel Bryan. 
Just yeah. the look and the way he uh, moves around the ring. It's like if Sheamus was shrunk to the size of Daniel Bryan yeah. and given all of Daniel Bryan's indie moves <laughs> with some British wrestling thrown right. in. Right. So, now he's a lot of good things put together. So, all for it. Um, then after that, we had a really, really good match between Owens and Zayn. Um, this was not their best match. Of course, you know, Battleground will always have a special place in my heart because that was great. But, I mean, you're letting the champion win matches on Raw, and I'm so happy about that. It's just the basics. Like, just make him look good against his former rival. Yeah. So, I'm happy about that. And it makes Mick Foley look like he has a point. So, Sami Zayn's got a further fight uphill to try and negotiate with him now. So That is, uh, yeah, that's true. I feel like we've seen this match so many times. I feel like when they don't exactly know where to put Owens in that particular episode of Raw, they just have him wrestle Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. So, Especially after they've said that, hey, Battleground, this is their last ever match before the rivalry ends, and we stick them on the same brand and have them do matches again. But Yeah. So, I mean, in my perspective, it's getting a little old watching these guys just wrestle, like, once every month for the last however long it's been. But I guess, uh, yeah, it made both guys look good. So that was their point, and they did, did what they had to do. Yeah. And we got some pretty big news. Sasha Banks challenged Charlotte to an Iron Man match at Backlash. Or, or, no, Roadblock. Roadblock, end of the yeah, line. end of the line. This is the second Roadblock pay-per-view they've done this year. They did a Roadblock in February. Yeah, you talked about that last week. Yeah, that's strange. That's that's irritating. Like, there are other names you can use. <laughs> <sighs> I, before we go on, I, I just want to okay. get into Rusev, Enzo, and Lana. Is, is, yeah, we might as well bring I, this I wanna up right now. just start talking about the whole thing. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, but... <laughs> Just what a strange, uh, strange segment of the show. I guess it was like five different segments of the show, but I don't know where it comes from or Lana and Enzo. But man, I think this lasted way too long. You think? Um, the the I get the whole thing going to hotel, but once Enzo got to the hotel room, I mean these little segments where they go off, you know, they're not even at the arena anymore. That's fine. They do them, you know, once in a great while, and they're fun. But I feel like when he got into the hotel room, he was there for just way too long. Why didn't Rusev just come out immediately? Oh, gotcha. You're, you know, screw you, Enzo. But no, they have this, what, I don't know, it seemed like five to ten minutes of just Lana and Enzo back and forth. And Enzo told her he didn't want to be there, I don't know, 50 times. And then finally Rusev comes out and Enzo takes an absolute beating that did not look fun. <laughs> uh, but man, yeah, that that just, this whole thing, it was odd, but... It lasted way too long. Yeah. For so, me. yeah, I think the mentality was, hey, people loved it when we did this segment the last week and the week before, so let's do it again, but longer and more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This was me in front of my TV looking over my shoulder to make sure no one was coming in the room because they would have thought I was watching porn, honestly. <laughs> it, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, doesn't it look yeah, like that, though? It, it did, yeah. and uncomfortable is the, the perfect way to describe that. And I guess, I don't know, like, I didn't feel bad at all for Enzo. You know, he's he's no. a jerk. Yeah, you can't. What do yeah. you expect? Rusev is a heel for what? Like, standing up for his wife? <laughs> and he's got to be the stupidest man on earth. You're going to, have you seen Rusev, how big of a guy and how, what his temper is like? You're going to yeah. walk into his wife's hotel room? Like, give me a break, dude. You got to know what's coming. Yeah, and then and then Big Cass, you know, genius sidekick, thinks he's going to be okay. Oh, yeah, Rusev's got a match with me. Don't worry. He totally isn't just luring me out into the farthest possible place I can be from helping you. Rusev is smarter than we think. He's a smart guy. Yeah. He, he's a smart guy with a solid relationship, and that <laughs> makes him a heel. 
<laughs> exactly. And he tries and he fails and he barely ever cheats and we're supposed to hate him. So I can't hate the guy, man. No, yeah, Rusev's good. He's yeah. he's had a great year too. A great 2016 for Rusev. Yeah, apart from the whole League of Nations thing. Well, yeah, I guess that was 2016, wasn't it? We yeah. try, I try to block that uh, out. His, <laughs> yeah, we just, just forcibly forgot yeah. that, purged it. But, no, he had a great uh, run with the U.S. title this year. So, And then they took it away and gave it to Roman Reigns, who doesn't even look like he wants it. So, Well, I think that's a good transition to get into Roman Reigns' Chris Jericho. Let's do it. That was actually a really good match, so let's talk about that. Okay, well, I have a problem Uh-oh. with it. Um, fine match, but... I don't know. I'm. I, I sound like every other mark out there, but my goodness, this was just a tipping point of me just hating everything that they are doing with Roman Reigns. I, of course, what Owens comes down, right? He kicks him in the face, or yeah, super he, kick, super kicks him in the face. Then he gets hit by a code breaker. Of course, he kicks out because he's Roman Reigns, and then he gets up and just hits a spear. And of course, Jericho's down one, two, three. Like really, like every single time this guy's in a match, he gets beat down, beat down, beat down. Where every other superstar is gonna get pinned one, two, three, but no, he's a superhuman, so he kicks out of everything, and then he what punches a guy in the face or, or spears him once, and the match is over, and he wins. I'm just sick of it. I I was disgusted watching that match and I know I realize it doesn't exactly make sense for Chris Jericho to be the US champ but my goodness I just I've had enough of Roman Reigns I'm sorry I love it Jameson I love it yeah hot take yep. this was the tipping point not the previous two years <laughs> like this is what did it right. that's shocking but yeah um I, I guess mentally I'm just sort of okay with it because I know that they're <clears> going to do it now it's like when Rusev put him in the accolade with the chain on the steps yeah. and he just lifted up and everyone just started booing of because he started to stand up because everyone... it's They're just force-feeding. Yeah. And, force and the feeding. reason it's bad is because Roman Reigns is great at a lot of things in wrestling. Like, he is a fine athlete, and he can put on good matches, and he's entertaining. But he has his weaknesses, and the biggest one of all is the way he's been booked. It doesn't feel genuine at all. No. I know, you know, wrestling is, you know, wrestling is scripted. It's a work. And, but... Part of it is, you know, being having organic characters that are crazy, but they feel real or they feel like you want to be them or you want to look up to them or you can relate to them or you can at least understand what's going on and you're interested. And he is the ultimate version of just this is going to be the way we book things. Like the last guy they made with booking alone, I'd argue, is Batista. Yeah. Since then, it hasn't really worked with anybody. Uh, and then Batista came became really good independent of that. And then he left. Made and, a bunch of money leaving. Yeah. And, like, you know, Batista only really became good when he started popping his collar and acting like Kanye West <laughs> and outside of the other the match with The Undertaker and things. But it was independent of his booking. And it just it's the most disingenuous thing where you just know that he's going to win. It's what made the Finn Balor match from this summer so good when Finn Balor won the contendership over him because everyone thought Reigns was going to just pin him. and right. you know, He's going to put up a good fight and everything, but he's going to pin him. Is that the last time Reigns has lost a match? Oh, no. Honestly. No. When, when was, he he went on a losing streak during his well, wellness policy violation. Oh, that's right. He had the whole wellness policy, but I, mean, I, can't even, I couldn't even think at the top of my head, when is the last time this guy has lost? I feel like he just comes out every week and gets destroyed and then hits him with a finisher and wins. You know, and it's just because he's, he's God. He overcomes everything. He looks like a shampoo commercial, too. Exactly, yeah. Bothers me. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that, you know, he's overpowered. And I love that this hot take came at, like, December 2016. Yeah, I know. Like, this is, this is the point where Jameson yep. starts getting pissed. I saved After it. everybody else is finally just accustomed to just having it be a thing. Not that we're okay with it, but right. we're just sort of... 
well, we can't fight it any longer or else we're not going to enjoy anything on the show. I just built up, built up, and usually I can handle these things, but I had to let that out. I had to, <laughs> I had to express some feelings there. I love it, man. Yeah, but welcome to welcome to the IWC. <laughs> well, well, welcome to being the, a wrestling fan. That's part of the yep. – comes with the territory. So, all right, anyway – we have a tag team match that I 100% don't want to talk about. No. Yeah, we better, if we want to talk about SmackDown, we better get going. Here. Yeah, let's let's skip over that because nothing's going to happen until like two weeks from now because they're not going to break the record until next Tuesday. Uh, then we had Charlotte uh, Charlotte Flair coming out. Uh, it's weird to call her Charlotte Flair now. <laughs> I used to could just call yeah. her Charlotte. Uh, come out to do a promo and apologize to Ric Flair, only to, you know, turn it around and not apologize and hit him really hard in the face and then hit Sasha a bunch. Uh, and this was the main event, I think. Yeah, it was. And I've, I've seen a little bit too much of the Flares crying on television. So this was just another another Ric Flair crying segment. That, I mean, Ric uh, Flair is a great promo. He is yeah. the promo, but we've seen him cry so much. It just doesn't matter now. I know. It's like, okay. <laughs> and Charlotte's, she's, no matter what you say, she's a great heel because she, I, she annoys me. And that's what her job is to do is annoy the fans and make them not like her, obviously. And. She did a good job of that on uh, Monday. Yeah, and she she's sort of the opposite of Ric Flair on the mic because Flair is dynamic and shouty and he all, has all these colorful euphemisms. And Charlotte talks to you in a way that indicates that she thinks you're the stupidest person ever. Yeah. She talks slowly and enunciates everything, and it's monotone but loud. So she's clearly condescending to you as a fan, and it's – the greatest because she's not trying to be entertaining she's trying to get you to boo her right so i think her mic work has come a long way and honestly she's pretty great at her job she so. is she's great at being a heel another one of those people great at being the heel and i mean she's got rick flair that uh, probably has taught her a lot so that's the best teacher you can have at this stuff definitely definitely all right so let's get into smackdown before we run out of time yeah. too much roman reigns ranting and other stuff so, show opened, uh, AJ Styles coming out to the ring in street clothes. Uh, he has a boot on his foot. He says, hey, I'm not medically cleared to compete. And uh, he's like, yeah, I know my pants ripped at TLC. I know I won the match. And, you know, yada, 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 until Ellsworth comes out. And Ellsworth apparently thinks he's the greatest wrestler in the world now because he's beat him three times. I, I can't put enough air quotes around the beat him three times. Well, alongside, I mean, Dean Ambrose's help, which they yeah. made clear. And now Dean Ambrose is obviously not going to help him. So. Oh, yeah, because he's screwed Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And honestly, I really liked this. This made a lot of sense to me. And regardless of whether or not it was the best thing they could have done, I like that they recognize that people are sort of getting sick of Ambrose and Ellsworth and love Styles, and they're at least doing something with it. So. Yeah, the, the best part of it was Dean Ambrose walking to the ring, <laughs> Giving the dirty D's Delworths and immediately walking back out. That was just that was that was classic Dean Ambrose there. Yeah, and a serious, motivated Dean Ambrose is always the best. Wacky mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose is the worst. Even though he can do it, and we've seen a lot of it, if you want him at the level he's at, you can't have him doing that type of comedy. So him coming out here pissed, you know, believably, understandably pissed, and hitting him with a finishing move and walking away. And then even on the t- the Miz TV segment later, he was great on that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was a fun segment. And yeah, uh, yeah he was he was pissed off. Yeah. that's that's a good, that's the Dean Ambrose we want. Yeah, that that's the best version of him is his unhinged psychopath, not you know, the comedy version. Yeah, let him be the lunatic friend you say he is. Yes, or whatever, and uh, whatever you're putting on the t-shirts. Uh, so next we had the SmackDown Tag Team Championship rematch, which ended with a Sister Abigail into an RKO, which I liked. Um, you know, the right thing happened there. 
Mm-hmm. And on Talking Smack, this actually led to a potential breakup between Rhino and Slater. Ooh. Rhino finally acknowledged that he did all the work and walked away from Heath Slater. Oh, and no. Heath Slater was distraught. We don't want to see that breakup. It was so sad, I almost cried. <laughs> it was tragic. But All right, so let's just hit some of the highlights yeah. here. Um, coming up next, we have the Hype Bros defeated the Ascension because that's that's how it is. Yep. Uh, we have Miz TV, which was awesome. Uh, and Miz gave Dean the Miz participation trophy framed and everything, which was great. And the fans chanted, you deserve it, <laughs> which was so good because that great. chant has been done to death. And that's the only positive use of it at this point. I, I love so. the beginning of the segment before Dean was even out there. And Miz started with, uh, no, no, you deserve it chant. Okay. And then started the <laughs> yeah. segment. That was great. Yeah. Completely mocking the fans for making the show about themselves. Yep. So perfect. And then Dan Bryan came out and made that tonight's main event. Uh, excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Baron Corbin defeated Kalisto in a pretty good match, uh, reversing the Tornado DDT attempt in the end of days, which looked great. Um, and then Chad Gable defeated Tyler Breeze. Um, they're not really just a match. Yeah. Like, it was, I, it was I, exciting. To be honest, I skipped over that one. You did, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> skipped over that one. At this yeah. point, where I was, you know, I'm on my seventh hour of wrestling in a matter of three days, and it's just like, I was just getting a little, little uh, overwhelmed. And you're, so. and you're not into the fashion police. At no, this point. no, I'm not People at all. Handing out citations. Anytime I see them, it's, uh, eh, I tune out. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. What are you gonna do? All right. So Alexa Bliss came to the ring for her championship celebration. She got a bit flustered and then got back on track. And I like that whole thing because it honestly plays to her character. Whether or not it was scripted, don't think it was, but played pretty well. Uh, Becky wanted a rematch, and Alexa left with her title. You know, making not like her, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. Yep. So good job. Uh, then it was a quite good main event uh, between the Miz and Dean Ambrose. Uh, Marie's interfered because of, of course. course, yeah, course. right, right, obviously. Uh, but the referee did not see it, so Ellsworth came to complain and tell the referee he didn't see it because that always that always works, and inadvertently causing the referee to miss Ambrose rolling up the Miz, which led to. The Miz uh, Ambrose eating a skull crushing finale. Yep, and uh, yeah, Ellsworth ruins Dean Ambrose day again. Yeah. So that uh, yeah, that'll happen. And Ellsworth, I'd watch out next week because oh, he's getting killed. Next yeah, week. Ambrose is is not going to take him lightly. I'm sure, but I don't know. I thought this was this was not a strong show, and I don't know if it was because, like I said, it was the seventh and eighth hour of wrestling that we've watched in the past couple of days but I don't know I wasn't I wasn't into Smackdown that much this week but AJ Styles was out of action so they probably had to change some things up and that had something to do with it right. I enjoyed it almost just because of Miz TV because Miz is so good and <laughs> him accurately pointing out that Dean Ambrose is a horrible human being for using Ellsworth and completely deserved what happened he was, was right. great because he's, but he's a heel so you hate him for saying it yeah it was so, accurate though yeah it was, it was completely truthful which is sometimes the best form of heel you can be apart from completely delusional like like Ellsworth has become right which is awesome so pretty pretty solid week of wrestling solid pay-per-view solid raw pretty solid smackdown uh we will actually be back for one more week next week we have a very special show planned for you we are going to do some brief recaps of raw and smackdown we're also going to talk holiday wish list and we're also going to do our best and worst of 2016 so breaking down the best matches wrestlers feuds etc of the year and also the ones that weren't so great (laughs) so we'll be talking about that uh until next week um see you then marks
Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Oh, 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 o